Go ahead, man. Take us home. It's a white-hot playoff run. After taking down the number one seed, it's time to renew the postseason rivalry between the Heat and the Knicks. We knew what we were capable of, even if nobody else outside of this building believed in us. That's fine. Things are really heating up. Presented by Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. Call 1-800-747-FREE. That's 1-800-747-FREE. Heating up is also presented by Duffy Sports Grill. Our game is always on. Over the top to Butler. Over Jimmy Butler. Now, here's Theo Dorsey and JMP. The Miami Heat, 105, the Knicks, 86. They are up 2-1 in the Eastern Conference semifinal, and we are heating up on ESPN 106.3. It's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29, joined alongside with, again, the CEO of Heat Culture here at ESPN West Palm. You see how you keep getting elevated with every win? Yeah, I what did like I do get, to deserve this? You get promotions with every win just because of the fact that you believe you're the one that also optimistically called for a Heat win on Saturday at Kaseya Center, too. So, JMP, while you were also enjoying Sunfest, you got to enjoy a Heat win. Just how was the weekend? How does it feel to be on this Monday afternoon feeling like you can get a real big-time 3-1 lead in the Eastern Conference semifinal? Oh, man, I, it feels so good. I mean, those of you that know me uh, over the years, like I live and die with my sports teams. Nobody is bigger for me than the Miami Heat. Mm. So Sunfest was great. Shout-out to the Killers. Shout-out to 311. Uh, and shout out to you know everybody involved with Sunfest. That was a nice little cherry on top, but it would not have been anywhere near as sweet if not for the absolute beatdown that occurred at the Kaseya Center on Saturday, Game Three. Yeah, not a lot of drama in that one. Not a not not a lot of action that had you on the edge of your seat in anticipation of who would win. It felt like the Heat had it the whole way. They had a 19 point lead in the second quarter. They led by as many as 22. They go on to win it 105-86, a wire-to-wire victory. And in honor of that, we have, of course, our opening drive, courtesy of Bev Smith Toyota and Bev Smith Kia. We kick off the opening drive with the one and only Bam Adebayo. 17 points, 12 boards in this one. Excellent defense all over. I didn't get the box-out counter from Ken Levicka, but here's a big <laughs> here's a big bucket in the second half from Bam Adebayo. Turnover. By the Knicks, their 10th and first of the second half. Got an advantage here. Here's Love. Nice pass. Sam. Got it. Great pass. Good hands by Adebayo. Lead is 21. He shot 50% from the floor. He was everywhere on defense in a two-man game between him and name your shooter for the Miami Heat was on point for the Heat on Saturday. And then as you continue through the game, again, it didn't feel like there was much of a fight being put up from the Knicks until uh, – Legitimately, a fight broke out with the Knicks in the heat late in the second half. Quickly, short on the three. Got his own miss. Puts it back up and in. Great hustle. And contact under the basket. Tempers flare, which we expected at some point in this series. Security gets on the floor. Eric Spolstra out there as well, peeling his player, Cody Martin, away from Hartenstein. Now Tom Thibodeau has walked down court. See, also that Zeller was in that in that group of people. So there were three guys. There's a lot of contact. There. It wouldn't be Heat Knicks without a little kerfuffle early on. It took all the way until Game Three to get that, and then as the Knicks could not get it to within single digits the whole second half, they started inching closer late in the fourth quarter, 
And who's the one man that you call when you need a bucket at any point, especially in the playoffs? That's Jimmy Buckets himself. Shot clock down to one. Butler from the baseline. Count it. When the moment is big, Butler always beats it. Jimmy Butler, 28 points. Not the big offensive explosion that he's had in previous playoff games, but you know what? He had just enough. His, he's had more than 25 in every single game this postseason. He, he did exactly what he needed to do, and he, though he did come up a little hobbled one time, just one little instance, it feels like the ankle is okay. So everything good in Heatland. JMP, what's your biggest takeaway? And again, the, the game audio, uh, courtesy of ABC's broadcast of the Heat Knicks on Saturday. JMP, what's your biggest takeaway from what you saw the Heat be able to do on Saturday at Kaseya Center? I mean, a lot to unpack there, but the biggest thing for me, Theo, so game one, Obviously, Jimmy gets hurt at the end. No Julius Randle for the Knicks. Game two, the Knicks go back to full strength. You don't have Jimmy Butler. The Heat almost overcome that. Yeah. So Saturday was the first time that we see these teams at full strength. I mean, obviously, not counting Tyler Hero, not counting Victor Oladipo, but you know, in terms of the players that you would think would be available for this series, and it wasn't close. One highlight that we didn't play there, but arguably could have been the biggest basket of the game, Jimmy Butler hitting a, a, a 18-foot jumper from the left wing mm. to make it 2 nothing. <laughs> Why am I saying that? Because the Knicks never led once the entire game, and it just felt like that. And offensively, Theo, I don't think the Heat played very well. I mean, they shot under 40% from the floor. Yeah. They, they looked more like the team in the regular season that was 27th in the NBA in three-point shooting percentage. But, man... That was, you're never going to be able to replicate the 90s level defense because mm. the game is so dependent on the three-pointer now. But that was a 1990s effort defensively by the Miami Heat. Alonzo Mourning, Tim Hardaway, Pat Riley, all the people from the Heat organization yeah. involved in those series, they would have been proud of that defensive performance for on Saturday night by the Miami Heat just not making anything easy, especially for Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Julius Randle was a shell of himself on Saturday. If, if the Knicks won any chance tonight, again, 7.30 tip-off um, for the Miami Heat versus the Knicks game four, that's coming to you soon here on ESPN 106.3. You can listen to it live. If the Knicks want any chance against the Heat tonight, so it won't be 3-1 Heat going back to Madison Square Garden, they're going to need more out of Julius Randle. They're going to need something out of R.J. Barrett and Jalen Brunson can't shoot as poorly from the floor as he did. The Knicks as a team on Saturday shot 34% from the floor. From three-point land, JMP, eight for 40. And it almost felt worse than that. You look at that final number, I didn't, it didn't feel like they hit a three, especially in a time that mattered in this game um, when they needed one at all. But then you look at the other side of the box score for the Miami Heat, he shot 21% from three, seven for 32. And again, like you said, under 40% from the field. It was an ugly game. It was a muck-it-up game, but it was a game that was never in question. And that is that, to me, as a Heat fan, as somebody that wants to see the Heat make this march through the playoffs, as an eight seed, that's the most comforting thing. Even in a bad game, you win by 20. That's good. That's good for Heat culture. Oh, yeah. No, they looked, I mean, defensively, which is their calling card, they looked great. And I'll tell you, there's one thing for me. Yes, from a standpoint of the Heat, obviously – I think you got that really bad Julius Randle game that you know you were going to see once every playoff series. You know, you got that. Maybe you're going to get another, but yeah. getting in his head a little bit. Jalen Brunson, who does not look 100%. Um, 
you know, continuing to put Jimmy Butler on him, continuing to give him different looks, whether it was double team, whether it was show and recover. You know, they played much less zone than they did uh, in game two, which we expected with Jimmy Butler out on the floor. But also at some point, and it's not the most exciting thing to talk about bench play, yeah. but the Knicks have one of the deepest benches in the regular season, and they have been a no-show. And now Emmanuel Quigley, who was the runner-up for sixth man of the year, who was a no-show the first couple of games. Yeah. He had 10 points, I believe, in game three. He gets hurt, and now the Knicks need something from that bench. So I think is from a Heat fan perspective, I think you're looking at a couple things. Tonight... If the Knicks are going to have, if this is not going to be Heat in five or Heat in six, you're going to get the best effort imaginable from the Knicks. This is their season yeah. tonight, so you have to be prepared for that as a Heat fan. But also, I think you got to, you know, while you concentrate on stopping their main guys, understand that if this bench is giving you next to nothing for the Knicks, I mean, you're in really, really good shape. And I think that is probably an under. Uh, talked about part of this series. It, it definitely is. Uh, that part of it isn't talked about as much, especially but with all the focus on the star play. Um, but but for the Miami Heat side of things, it's been the guys. It's been the depth. It's been the Max Struces and the Gabe Vincents, even though he didn't really have as big of a game in game three. I don't think he hit a single three-pointer um, in that game. It's been those guys that have been able to step up and transversely for the Knicks, they just haven't seen it. And even from their stars in game three, they didn't see it. But again, the opening drive uh, sponsored by Bev Smith Toyota and Bev Smith Kia, our friends out in Fort Pierce. Can you tell us something about them, JMP? Let's go Miami. Let's go Miami. The playoffs are heating up and so are the savings at Bev Smith Toyota and Bev Smith Kia in Fort Pierce. Now is the best time to buy with big inventory and big savings. At each Bev Smith location, new Kia's, new Toyota's, quality used vehicles all on sale with slam dunk deals this month. Plus, when you buy from Bev Smith Toyota or Bev Smith Kia, you get a lifetime warranty. And Bev Smith and Toyota and Bev Smith Kia need vehicles. So, whether you got your vehicle from Bev Smith Toyota or Bev Smith Kia, or you got it someplace else, Bev Smith Toyota and Bev Smith Kia will give you more than ever before for yours because they need vehicles. Visit Best Smith Toyota or Best Smith Kia today in Fort Pierce. Again, the opening drive, opening drive from Game Three. The Heat win it, nineteen points. They have a chance to go up three one tonight at Caseya Center as they tip off against the Knicks right at seven thirty. Uh, this game, and especially Game through Three, it felt like the physicality, the same physicality that the Knicks were weaponizing against the Cavs that made them wither away in the first round in five games. The same physicality that had the Knicks dominating the Heat. On the boards in games one and game two, it felt like the Heat finally kicked back a lot more. It felt like the Heat made a point of putting bodies on folks, not being uh, manhandled in the post by Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hardenstein and even Julius Randle at the time. It felt like there was a lot of pushback there, and Eric Spolstra and the guys talked about it uh, after the game. Here's a, a mashup of post-game from Spo and from Bam, talking about the energy and effort it took to get the win as well as what it's going to take to continue to win throughout the series. So you, you just have to do whatever you have to do you know, to get a win, and each game might be different. Uh, you don't have to shoot 53s uh, to win a playoff game. Well, we always said we can win games when we defend and not make shots, and this was one of those games. First quarter uh, set the tone for the game. Um, just in terms of the activity level, the multiple efforts, finishing our defense against a, a phenomenal offensive rebounding team. Yeah, I feel like that was the biggest thing for us. You know, like I said, making them take tough shots, uh, making them play in crowds, and then 
getting to their shooters uh, and running them off the line. And I feel like that's what really won us that game tonight. Everybody's putting themselves out there. Um, it's just great competition. In the regular season meetings between the Heat and the Knicks, the Knicks averaged 114 points a game. They shot well over 50% through three games of the second-round series. The Knicks averaging under 100 points, shooting 42%. Playoff basketball is a thing. Playoff Jimmy, as much as Jimmy Butler doesn't want to admit it, is a thing. And this Heat team is obviously not the eighth seed that they came into the postseason um, marked as. This is a true, it feels like, championship contender. Is that is it too early to free championship wow. contender Ooh. out of the Miami Heat? I mean, they're they're two wins away from a conference finals berth. And on the other side of things, you saw the Sixers and the Nets. It looks like both of those teams aren't too sure if they actually do want to advance. They're locked in at two two. The the Sixers beating the Celtics without Joel Embiid, and then the next, you know, just over the weekend they they got the big win because the Celtics farted down the stretch on the offensive side of the ball, giving Marcus Smart two shots to win it. Like. It feels like the path is there more and more, JMP. Is that me being Heat Homer, or is that me being a well, realistic guy watching out how these playoffs have played out? I, I haven't allowed myself to go that far yet, but let's play this out here. So I'll give you a team. You tell me if you think that the Heat have a realistic chance, let's say 25% chance or better yeah. to win a series. Boston Celtics. Yes. We saw that last year. Okay, yeah, I'll give you Especially that. Especially the way that, and again, this is the same Celtics team we've seen for the past like six years in the playoffs, and yeah. every single year it comes down to them making critical mistakes, especially offensively, totally when fair. the moment is the biggest. Totally fair. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers, uh, even though James Harden has been playing out of his mind at times, I'm going to say yes. History tells us that James Harden, especially in the playoffs, as it gets later and later, the wheels fall off the car. So, yeah, I would say, I mean, Embiid is a problem, but the Heat have dealt with him before. And I would say the Heat, they wouldn't be favored in either either one of these series, but you said a more than 25% chance, for sure. For sure the Miami Heat can get through both of those teams. All right, so then if you get to the NBA Finals. Who the I hell think, knows who's coming out of the West? That's the, that's the other Well, problem. I was going to say, the, the, I think, the, I mean, they would not be favored against any of these teams. Yeah. But I think they'd have a chance against the Lakers. For sure. I think they'd have a chance against the Warriors, even the defending t- Although, if the Warriors got through, then... It would be tough. That's a, that's a tough I mean, I mean, the, the team that I absolutely think they probably would not have much of a chance is Denver because of Jokic yeah. and the size. Yeah. Um, I mean, Phoenix, though, if Chris Paul is hurt still... Even with Chris Paul there, I think Phoenix is very beatable. They're, they're so thin, especially, again, as you get that late. Like, if you're catching yeah, Phoenix by the finals, we're talking about the amount of miles that, that has gone on Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, who sat and out he, a lot of this year. But he's hurt. been – he's – I mean, Devin Booker is doing for Phoenix what Jimmy is doing for Miami. He's immaculate. And, and I want to have this discussion more, you know, today or as we get through in the playoffs. I'm curious, out of those eight teams, because you have a bunch of superstars – how many players are you taking before you take Jimmy Butler? That's a great question. You know who that question will be great for as well? Evan Cohen. Evan Cohen. Evan Cohen, who we're going <laughs> to bring in here. So let's let's save that question then. We'll bring that up when when he floats in. Um, who will get in here after this after this break? But that is uh that is it's tough for me because when you think about it, like over the past four years, before we even get into it, let's just say that over the past four years, leaving it on the court like. 
looking at the stats, especially in the playoffs and the big-time performances that Jimmy Butler has had, it's hard to put anybody over him. But then the realistic basketball mind in you is like, okay, are, are you really taking him over Jokic? Are you really still taking him over, over a guy like even Booker or LeBron? Like, it's a good question. So we'll get to that. Plus, we'll continue to preview uh, Heat Knicks Game 4. Game 4 tonight, 7.30 tip-off at Kaseya Center. Uh, the Heat looking to take a commanding 3-1 lead over the New York Knicks, who struggled out of the gate in Game 3. We'll see how that one goes. Plus, we're bringing in Evan Cohen to talk some Heat basketball here on ESPN 106.3. That's JMP. I'm Theo Dorsey. We're heating up on the airwaves ahead of tip-off. Go ahead, man. Take us home. It's a white-hot playoff run. After taking down the number one seed, it's time to renew the postseason rivalry between the Heat and the Knicks. We knew what we were capable of, even if nobody else outside of this building believed in us. That's fine. Things are really heating up. Presented by Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. Call 1-800-747-FREE. That's 1-800-747-FREE. Heating up is also presented by Duffy Sports Grill. Our game is always on. Over the top. To Butler. Over Jimmy Butler. Now, here's Theo Dorsey and JMP. Welcome back in the Heating Up. I'm Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I got El Presidente of the Heat culture here at ESPN West Palm, JMP. And then coming in, flying off the top ropes here, uh, Evan Cohen, a voice you know so well. And also, I think he has some kind of status in Heat culture with good karma brands uh, in ESPN West Palm as well. Evan, first off, before we even get talking about Game 4, how do you feel about JMP being the the lone leader of Heat culture here, El Presidente, within the ESPN West Palm offices, man. Well, you know, there was a game a couple of years ago, a regular season Heat game against the Pistons, and nobody watched it but me. I started <laughs> texting JMP during this game, and he did not watch this game. And it has stayed with me, Theo, for years now because JMP and I will communicate basically 82 of 82 regular season games, preseason games, and obviously postseason games. So at any given point, when I text JMP, oh, I can't believe that just happened, he should respond within one minute. And there was one game, one time, where he didn't. So do you want to take that president of Heat Culture at ESPN West Palm away from him? Would you like to give it to me? Because I'll happily take it. You sure? By the way, this is all. Theo's idea. Theo, Theo <laughs> keeps just, you know, elevating my status. Um, but there's a reason, though, that Evan, like, if the Heat are playing the Warriors, like, I'm usually not getting a lot of texts from you, but if it's like the Tuesday night Heat Timberwolves game, I'm getting yeah. the text. And in part, it's to see if you can get me on another piston situation. Yeah, I'm trying to catch you. Well, I know you're going to watch the war. Like, I'm not going to text Theo. I'm not going to text him tonight. I know he's going to watch, obviously, the Heat and the Knicks coming up after us. Like, I, I get that. I understand that. It's the playoffs. I know he was watching the Heat and the Bucks. It's if you're going to actually take that crown. Mm. Now, I don't know who he's competing against. He's competing against you. I know you're a Heat fan, yeah. obviously. Right? Who else is he competing against? I mean, Ken Levick is a worse front runner yeah, I mean, than yeah, I am yeah, at this point. Ken I mean, Ken's a Bulls guy. Come on. Give me a break. So, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's it's between the two of you, but I just want to point out 
Let's not claim that JMP's an 82 of 82 guy because he's uh, not anymore. That's fair. What are you, like 65 out of 82 now? You're kind of load managing through the season? Is it- <laughs> Can you? That's a great question. Can you load manage as a fan where you're just like, I can't do the back-to-backs. I got dinner with the wife. Mm. I got work, whatever it is. Because if you think about the evolution of the NBA postseason right now, guys, if the Heat make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and regardless of who wins – between the Warriors and Lakers, you're talking about two of the four teams in the conference finals that really just did nothing mm. or did nothing positive during the course of the regular season. The Warriors basically didn't win on the road. The Lakers, as we know, had an awful team for most of the season, then changed their team, and then would get to the conference finals. So one of those two. And the Heat were as disappointing as could be and basically punted on the regular season. So you do bring up a point. Now, that is what Kawhi says, but then Kawhi never ends up playing. So based on the JMP logic, I don't expect JMP to watch a single Heat game next year. Not based one. on that logic. Not one. Wait till the play-in. Uh, I'll be somewhere between 1 and 82. Wow, bold statement. <laughs> well, <laughs> tell you. you wonder why we don't have him on the air more than just tonight. My God. Anyway, go ahead, Theo. Well, yeah, let's talk about these eight-seeded Miami Heat then, and, and especially ahead of tonight's game where they get a chance to be – I mean, if they could win tonight over the Knicks, they're up 3-1. They're one win away from making the Eastern Conference Finals for the third time in four years, and there's one common thread in these past four years, and he goes by the name of Jimmy Butler. How, how impressed were you – of his comeback in game three, coming off the ankle, not showing too much uh, tenderness around it. Looks like he's good. And then how much anticipation do you have for him to have a big night here tonight um, at home? Okay, so a couple things on this. When we hear the term superstar in the NBA, I think the average everyday fan, the average, you know, person out from Alexandria to Arthur, whoever's listening, you know, could look at this and say, oh, yeah, I know that when a guy drops 50 plus points, he must be a superstar. Or I know when a guy, you know, has 40 plus points, he's a superstar. But I actually thought the game three against the, the Knicks was the ultimate example of Jimmy being a superstar. Now, okay, people listening right now may say, what are you talking about? He had 28 points coming off of an injury. It wasn't like a typical dominant Jimmy Butler performance. Exactly. When you lead the entire game in scoring, your your team blows out the opposition. You score 28, and I think all three of us, uh, JMP, I don't know if you watched the game, but all three (laughs) of us would sit back and say, he was fine. It was was great to have him back, and he, he he was fine. But that's a superstar because he comes out early and he has 10 points in the first quarter. He has the first basket of the game, right? And then he's guarding R.J. Barrett right off the bat. And he's doing these little things that get you to realize if you're the Knicks, oh, boy, they're going to attack today. We didn't expect this. Threw the Knicks off early on. Guy led the game in scoring, scored 28 points, and I still expect him to have a Jimmy Butler-type performance in this series because it's crazy as it sounds. He's played in two games. He's averaging 26.5 points. And I haven't seen much from him relative to him yeah. in this series. That's how awesome he's, he is. So I think if there's a game for him to be playoff Jimmy, right, what we've seen, Theo, tonight's the night. Because even though it's not technically the closeout, it's the game where you just totally break their spirit. Mm. And he can empower his teammates to win one singular game the rest of the way. So I think tonight's the night that if I'm Eric Spolstra and I'm in his ear, hey, Jimmy, I know you may not have five of these every series. You may have two, three, four of these crazy ones. Give me one tonight if you could. That's the one tonight that I want to see. All right, for both of you guys, the eight teams that are remaining in the NBA playoffs, how many players would you take right now in a postseason situation mm. before you take Jimmy Butler. Mm. Well, well, 
Go it's ahead, such a tough Dion. one. I can, I'll kick it off. I would say for sure I would take Nikola Jokic. And I would take Nikola Jokic. I would. I'm sorry. I, I, I would no, take yeah, Nikola Jokic. Go ahead. And so you're no on you're no Evan on Jokic. You're talking about just for the playoffs, right? Just you're not for the playoffs. About, yeah. So no, I'm a no. I would take. And I know he dropped 53 yesterday. I understand that. I don't. I don't. And hit an NBA owner or governor. Yeah, yeah. That's, you get a bonus point for that. I, I don't think that. I don't think that I would take Devin Booker over Jimmy though. I just don't think I would. As as great as Devin Booker's looked, especially in these past two games, Friday and Sunday at home, in, in with their backs up against the ropes, like I think I still maybe I'm taking Jimmy number two. I mean, what about Joel and B? Well, who, Jimmy number two behind who? Nicole Jokic. Yeah, I think there's three guys you could even consider putting ahead Jimmy, uh, putting ahead of Jimmy, and you didn't even name any of them. The the three that you can consider. I mean, Steph Curry is definitively ahead. Oh, of him. I forgot about Curry. I'm sorry, Curry yeah, definitely. You win four no, yeah. championships, you're ahead of him. Yeah. I I'm not a LeBron guy. I still think I I got to at least acknowledge LeBron in that spot. And the other one is Kevin Durant. I mean, let's not forget Kevin Durant is a seven foot unicorn who could do anything out there. But that that's the company he's in. I would push right? back on KD though. Like from what we saw last year in the playoffs from KD, and even this year so far, it's not. It's been impactful, but it hasn't been Jimmy Butler level impactful. Oh no, and I, I, I'm I'm agreeing with you, but his natural talent is so unbelievable. Yeah. So I'm saying worst case scenario four, more likely than not three, and I would not take Devin Booker over him because Devin Booker is not the defensive player that that Jimmy is, and neither is Jokic, and neither of those guys have. Well, I, excuse me. Booker has taken a team to the finals. Jokic has not. But you just said something that I want Heat fans to really understand. They went out and got Jimmy Butler, okay? Now, it was a trade that was an obvious trade. If you look at it as an essence, what do we want to call it? Hassan Whiteside and Josh Richardson for Jimmy Butler? Like, it's kind of how you're going to look deal. at it. Yeah, not a bad deal, to say the least. And in four years with this franchise, if they win two more games this in this series, he'll have been to the at least the Eastern Conference Finals three times. Crazy. I mean, that's crazy. Nobody saw that. Nobody saw that. When Jimmy came to Miami, people were like, what the hell is he thinking? Why would he want to go to the Heat? And then Which three out of crazy. four years, Eastern Conference. It's crazy. It's crazy. And he saw things. I mean, just like Shaq. I mean, Shaq saw what Wade could be. I think Jimmy saw what Bam could be. Jimmy obviously brought Kyle Lowry, which for the majority of the last year and a half was not a good thing, but now is a great thing to this franchise. And and he's been, I mean, Jimmy Butler has been absolutely phenomenal. But again, we could sit here. Let, let's just acknowledge the players we said in terms of who we're arguing. Yeah. Ar- arguing. There's English, right? So we're comparing Jimmy Butler to a four-time champion, <laughs> six-time final appearance, um, you know, six times in the finals and two-time MVP Steph Curry. We're comparing him to a four-time champion, ten times in the finals, and what three or four MVP in LeBron. We're comparing him to a, a two-time champion in Kevin Durant, two-time Finals MVP and NBA MVP. You're comparing him, Theo, to a two-time back-to-back MVP runner-up for a third in Jokic and a guy in Devin Booker who basically can't miss right now and mm. took his team to the finals a couple of years ago and dated Kendall Jenner. So when you think about the resume for all of these guys. I mean that is that's a tremendous group to be compared to. It is, and also it's crazy because Jimmy Butler is just such a far cry from what. Like I think the reason why it's hard for us to to say that with a straight face as true basketball fans is because of the eighty two games before. Like it's it's because of the fact that we watch and seen all of it. Like these other. But dudes that's not do the question all- JMP asked though. Theo, he asked specifically about the playoffs. If you were to say, okay, who is the best? Who has the best chance? Of getting you 98 wins during the course of a basketball season, meaning the most of 82 and the 16 in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Jimmy Butler's not the, that guy. 
You know, he's just Steph no, Curry and all, LeBron James are those guys. All of these guys that we named. Yeah, probably every single name that we mentioned would be ahead of Jimmy if you're taking the yeah. regular season into account, but not in the playoffs. Yeah, but that's that's all that matters right now. And and to his credit, he said that's all that matters. And once they get there, which they're there, I mean, they're that he's going to be great. I mean, think about their record right now in the postseason. They're 6-2 and two in the playoffs so far. This was a team that was barely above 500. And, and by the way, I think... What, eight games in, we finally saw a dominant BAM performance. Yeah. It's just not offensively. You know, his activity in game t- in game three I thought was phenomenal all over the place. And Kevin Love has been rejuvenated with this team. He's been awesome. Struess gives you a night. Vincent gives you a night. Lowry gives you a night. You know, Lowry had a – how about the run that Lowry had in game three, whereas the lineup he was with was Duncan Robinson – um, Caleb Martin, Haywood Highsmith, and mm. Cody Zeller. And that team took an eight-point lead and made it into a 19-point lead. And Cody Mar- uh, Caleb Martin has become a guy now that absolutely believes he's Jimmy Butler. Like, when Jimmy Butler exits the game and he comes in the game, he's like, okay, that's my role. And he's kind of doing it. This team has found a rotation. They have found exactly what they're going to do. I don't like doing this because I love Tyler Hero, but it has coincided with him not playing, and and maybe it's more of him not starting than not playing because I think he'd be better than Duncan Robinson, obviously, in that role. But, I mean, Mike, but Duncan has been a threat. This team has been so good, and I think we all kind of forget. We all kind of forget how elite of a head coach that they actually have. Mm. Eric's supposed to really, really the biggest difference in all of this, especially when you saw that the performance he put on with game two, is there any reason at all for, for heat fans to be nervous about like what, what would make you nervous as a heat fan right now in this series, even with the two, one lead outside of just injury. Cause as for me, I look at these next two as must win, get this series with as over as possible or as quick as possible, just because of the fact that people keep dropping. And even when you see Emmanuel quickly drop for the Knicks, you're like, I don't, we can't afford another injury in this Heat lineup, like, does that make tonight must yeah. win for Miami? A few things on that, Theo. Good questions on those. Okay, a couple of things. First of all, what what you're scared of always is them reverting back to the regular season team, oh, yeah. where they literally just stink. I mean, there's no way around it, but they just stink, right? If we're going to leave injuries in terms of, like, projecting injuries to the side. So you're always nervous about that, where all of a sudden they can't hit shots, they can't hit threes, they're lackadaisical on defense. Jimmy is kind of just... Let, you know, hey, everybody else do something and not doing enough himself. That seems hard to believe that that would actually happen. But that's one thing I, I, I've thought about, I guess. And I, I don't I don't really like kind of thinking that way as a Heat fan. The other thing, and you guys are going to think I'm absolutely crazy. You know what has me nervous a little bit for tonight? You know, quickly banged up. There's always the dust off. I'm a big fan of the dust off. And what I mean by that is when an NBA coach in the postseason and Spoh's done it a million times, whether it was Mike Miller, Shane Battier, Dexter Pittman, James Jones, <laughs> whoever it is. When an NBA coach, uh, Steve Kerr did it the other night with Jermichael Green starting for the Warriors, right? Crucial, they, crucial. Right. They look down the bench and like, let me just dust off that guy and put him in for a little bit. The Derrick Rose dust off. Oh, man. I can't get that out of my head. It's like, you know, all of a sudden, if Theo's unavailable to anchor and Keeley's with their family, like, all right, I guess we'll dust off Tyree. I mean, nobody actually <laughs> wants him in there, right? It's like, all right, you know, give Tyree a shot. Who wants him in there? But, I mean, you know, that's kind of what it comes down to. But in this spot, I'm nervous of the Derrick Rose dust off. I'll tell you, I am more nervous about whether it's the Derrick Rose dust off. Like, to me, the Knicks bench giving them something is as important as the other guys because the Knicks bench has been absolutely invisible this series. So, yeah, if it's Derrick Rose, if it's 
you know, one of these other guys going off. I, I, I definitely, that would give me more concern because we've seen them be able to uh, be able to withstand their big three playing well. Yeah, I mean, their big three has not played well. And that's that's the thing that you're almost excited about as a Heat fan is like, are they on the verge of imploding a little bit? Like, mm-hmm. are they on the verge of... Remember last year, Julius Randle was almost run out of town. Julius Randle got they into it his own him. fans. Yeah. yeah. So, like, how far away are we from that potentially? And I know obviously the game's Miami now, but you get what I'm saying. Like, the overall, like, is this team kind of potentially falling apart? That's what we're hopefully rooting for. But again, they're, re- they're reverting to the regular season. The Knicks falling apart against the Heat in the regular season would be a Heat loss. That's the way they were in the regular season, right? So that's what scares me. Is is that team, as you know, Justin Timberlake and T.I. said, dead and gone? Or are they still alive? I don't know. Because hopefully they're dead and gone. It's the, the Heat regular season version. Right, right, I was about to say, yeah, the regular season version. And partially we saw the shooting fall off in Game 3. You would hope that that comes back tonight for Game 4. Before we get you out of here, Evan. Wait, um, wait, can I just chime in one thing on that? I'm yeah. glad you brought that up, Theo. Everybody's saying like, oh, well, the Knicks shooting was so bad in game two, or excuse me, game three, that they got to bounce back tonight. Hello? Listen to what Theo just said. The Heat shooting was awful in game three. Also, they shot like 20% from three. I don't think the Heat have played well once offensively in this series. And yet there's an argument they should be up 3-0 without Jimmy in game two. Exactly. Exactly. But that's the thing. That's the reason to be optimistic as a Heat fan right now ahead of tonight's tip off. So before we let you go, Evan, do you have a prediction for tonight? What do you think goes down at Kaseya Center? Um, I think that JMP is not going to watch. Of course. JMP will not watch all 48. I think I'll text JMP and I'll be like, wow, what a play. And he'll be like, what play? I was eating Duffy's. I didn't see this. You know, I mean, uh, mean, uh." (laughs) a Jimmy game. Tonight's a Jimmy game. Jimmy game. What's a Jimmy game? 40 plus? Sure. Why not? I like it. I like the call. But I'm scared of Derrick Rose. I don't. It's 2023, (laughs) and I am scared of Derrick Rose. I don't even know if he's going to play. Yeah, there is something to that. The old Bulls angle there. Oh, my goodness. And Tom Thibodeau right in the middle of it all. That'll that'll be fun. Why are you laughing at that? You think that is such an absurd notion, Theo, to even think about the Derrick Rose dust off game? I I think it is. I think. But here's the thing Derrick Rose can give you 15. You know, like he can. That can happen. But are you. Is that what you're really afraid of as a Miami Heat team? Like, that's not going to be what breaks your back he's not going for 30 like it's 2012 understood but this is the problem when you watch all 82 jp cover your ears you wouldn't know from that (laughs) this is the problem when you watch all 82 you've seen so many of these random heat killers all year and it drives you crazy yeah yeah i look i i have an appropriate amount of fear as well but i i got the heat hopefully uh pulling it out tonight thanks evan i know you'll be watching jmp we'll try to uh keep him updated we'll send yeah let me know what happens (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad JMP's hosting this show then. <laughs> Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right, Dev. Again, that's Evan Cohen. You can catch him on Twitter at FCO Radio. Uh, we're going to keep heating up ahead of tip-off here on ESPN West Palm with myself and JMP. And we got to talk about some heat hate that came spewing, spewing from the mouth of Jalen Rose on the ABC broadcast on Saturday. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Stick with us here on ESPN 106.3. Go ahead, man. Take us home. a white-hot playoff run. After taking down the number one seed, it's time to renew the postseason rivalry between the Heat and the Knicks. We knew what we were capable of, even if nobody else outside of this building believed in us. That's fine. Things are really heating up. 
presented by NHR and Levine Accident Attorneys. Call 1-800-747-FREE. That's 1-800-747-FREE. Heating up is also presented by Duffy Sports Grill. Our game is always on. Over the top. To Butler. Open Jimmy Butler. Now, here's Theo Dorsey and JMP. Well, I tell you, it's it's no day like game day, especially when you got the playoff basketball happening right here in South Florida. We're just over an hour or so from tip-off at Kaseya Center. Game four, Miami Heat, New York Knicks. The Heat lead the series 2-1. Evan Cohen, who we just had on, um, and again, it's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, alongside JMP, El Presidente of Heat Culture. Evan Cohen predicting a Jimmy Butler uh, game, a Jimmy night. Playoff Jimmy Knight, and and with that stat, he said that Jimmy will hit 40, JMP. You know, Jimmy has eight 40-point playoff games in his in his career so far. You don't think about it like that. Playoffs, are, including the playoffs, or just the regular season? Eight 40-point playoff games. If he does it tonight, oh. it'll be his ninth. And you know how many oh. regular season 40-point games he has? I'm going to guess fewer than eight. Zero. Wow. Playoff Jimmy's a real thing. Amazing. I don't, why does he shy away from it when playoff Jimmy Amazing. is so honestly a real thing? A guy has... He's just trying to be humble. I mean, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, he wasn't being humble um, last, or not last night, but uh, Saturday night after game three. I, I, let's let's hear this sound before we get into heat hate here um, ahead of game four. Let's hear this sound from Locked On Heat. I was listening to a Locked On Heat podcast, and there was a, a, a memory brought up of Jimmy Butler following his 28-point performance in the Heat win on, on Saturday night. Uh, Jimmy kind of uh, not stirring the pot, but just kind of boasting a little bit on his way out of the uh, on his way off the court. I, I was in the back going towards the media interview room. You're familiar with this, but for our fans and listeners that aren't uh, familiar with it, I was walking back and Jimmy was heading into the locker room. Well, he had some choice words to say about the Knicks and about his status overall. He what he said? Fine. Oh, I can't use it on the show. But uh, Please, just what well, he, he was antagonist, confident. Okay, give me the tone. What's the tone? I of am the, the, the best player? effing player in the world. Said double teams, <laughs> triple teams. It don't effing matter. Mm. How about that? Is that what he said? Yeah. That's an amazing detail. I'm the best effing player in the world, double teams, triple teams, and doesn't effing matter? Yeah. I don't know if I was tongue-in-cheek with Jimmy. You never really could tell, but tonight it kind of looked it. I mean, 28 that, points. Shades of Tobias Harris over me. Right, right. I was the only one who caught it, luckily for me. It was me, Bernie Lee, his agent, and that's about it. That's David Ramil, uh, co-host David of Locked West Goldberg action there. That's, Love it. I, that's, that's Jimmy Butler. That's Jimmy for you. And that was the, like, as I heard, I, I had not heard that story, but immediately what popped in my head was Tobias Harris over me <laughs> from the Sixers series last year. It is pure gold. What he does on the court, the way he acts off of it, and just the way that How about, he's like, the, the little, like, sh- after the uh, kerfuffle, as you uh, you rightly called it earlier in the show, his little, like, shimmy. and He's having a good time. He's having a good time. He's living it up. He is right now the, the king of, of Dade County. Um, and, and right now, you got to be happy with everything that you're getting out of Jimmy Butler. And hopefully he does get a 40-point performance and maybe some more explicitives and um, boasting from him coming off the court tonight after Game 4. Let's get into some heat hate. Let's get into some heat hate, JMP, because as we know here in South Florida, no matter if it's the heat, the Dolphins, the Florida Panthers, the Miami Hurricanes, for some reason there is a bit of angst from the national media when it comes to the South Florida teams, and no team maybe gets it as much as the Miami Heat do. Always trying to call out a shortcoming. 
always trying to, to strip away from the eliteness that the Heat have been providing to us year after year. The latest culprit of Heat hate is none other than Jalen Rose, who was on the ABC broadcast trying to explain away how the Knicks came out so flat in the first half of Game 3 that the Heat ended up winning by 19. Here's Jalen Rose giving his excuse for the New York Knicks in a uh, just a flat performance. It was nine. That's been a difference. And also, to you guys' point, Jimmy Butler, the best player for the Miami Heat, got off to a re- really good start. And Max Struess as well. We talk so much about the nightlife and joke about it in Miami. But also, as a role, when you're the road team, you got to pay attention to that weather and that heat because it causes your muscles to have a little endurance. Uh, it affects the endurance of your muscles and causes tiredness. So if you notice, the Knicks in particular are making shots in the paint, but they're missing shots outside of the paint in particular from three clearly south beach is your favorite place i don't know i don't know jmp i mean the sun is big and bright and it's super shiny and then i know it can get a little hot outside even though it wasn't really that bad this weekend any credence to the knicks maybe being slowed up by that south florida sun so everybody went nuts when Jalen Rose made these comments, yeah. and, and I, I swear, unlike, you know, I know Evan doesn't think that I watched any of the playoff games. I actually did watch, but I, I missed this live. I missed the halftime live. So then Very I went and, went and listened back. And yes, there is part of it that is beyond ridiculous that like, and I, I you know, I, I don't think Jalen Rose was blaming the Knicks loss on the weather or the way that they were playing at halftime, but saying that it had, you know, it was part of it. Listening back to that again, though. If you're reading between the lines, is he basically saying that, like, this is why you don't go out and you get the South Beach flu? Because, like, if you're in Milwaukee, you know, if you're in Chicago, if you're in, you know, Oakland, and you go out three days between games and get bleep-faced and, you know, do things that you shouldn't be doing prepping for a game, then, you know, you're able to 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 roll off and get, you know, and get into game shape but it's harder to do in 90-degree weather. I'm wondering if that – is there any credence to that's what Jalen Rose was trying to say, except he can't use those words necessarily on the air? I think that – Or am I trying to give him a pass you're, too you're, much? you're giving him a pass. And you know what? I like Jalen Rose. I would love to give him a pass as well, but I think the biggest problem with all of that is, like, you're in air conditioning for most of the t- – like, even if you go out in South Florida, especially past 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, once it's nightfall, like, it's not hot like that. Especially not right now in the year. Like I don't understand how he would correlate them looking flat to them being tired because of the sun. But I don't know. It's just me. Here's my other. Here's my other problem. Real quickly, um, I would also like to kind of nominate for Heat hate the fact that nobody other than us seems to be talking about this right. series. Like I get it. It has been maybe the best final eight you could imagine. Yeah. And. You know, hopefully the Knicks don't win tonight. It would be the only series that's not 2-2 going into game five. But, like, I mean, podcasts that I love, shows that I love, people that I respect, they do hour-long shows. Yeah. And it's like the last, oh, let's squeeze in some Heat Knicks talk here for the final two or three minutes. Come and, on now. And the worst part about it, JMP, you know if the Knicks were up 2-1, it would lead oh, the show. And that's what makes it the worst. And, of course, Heat Hate brought to you by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. 1-800-747-FREE. 1-800-747-FREE. If you were in an accident, if you got injured on the job, if you got workers' comp issues, if you had a slip and fall accident, call Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorney. They're going to help you take back control of your life. They answer the phone 24 hours a day. The consultants, well, they're always free. And, of course, you'll speak directly to an attorney about your case. 
1-800-747-FREE. Remember that number, 1-800-747-FREE. Anna Jar and Levine, Axe and Attorneys, take back control of your life. Uh, we got to give our Duffy's MVPs as well as predictions when we come back here. And uh, I got a sneaky, I got a sneaky Duffy's MVP ahead of game four. You're going to love that one. You're going to want to wait and see it. He's JMP. I'm Theo Dorsey. We're heating up on ESPN 106.3. Go ahead, man. Take us home. It's a white hot playoff run. After taking down the number one seed, it's time to renew the postseason rivalry between the Heat and the Knicks. We knew what we were capable of, even if nobody else outside of this building believed in us. That's fine. Things are really heating up. Presented by Anna Jarn Levine Accident Attorneys. Call 1 800 747 free. That's 1 800 747 free. Heating up is also presented by Duffy Sports Grill. Our game is always on. Over the top to Butler. Over Jimmy Butler. Now, here's Theo Dorsey and JMP. Oh, man, you can almost feel it. You can feel it in the air. Playoff basketball here in South Florida. Heat Knicks Game 4 coming to you soon right here on ESPN 106.3. We're still heating up. I'm Theo Dorsey. That's JMP, and it's time for us to give out our Duffy's MVPs ahead of Game 4, the guys that we think are going to be the pivotal players, the show-out standout stars for the Miami Heat uh, in order for them to get a Game 4 win and go up 3-1. And I'll start it off. I'll kick it off, actually, uh, giving my Duffy's MVP to none other than Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent, who had five points, went one for eight in game three. That's following four straight double-digit performances, including three straight 20-point performances. His shot just wasn't falling in game three. And remaining at home, having it be a game where the Heat can really put a chokehold on the Knicks and really have them start to self-implode, I can see Gabe Vincent coming out early in the first quarter, firing, and uh, being a guy that's able to get that offense started for the Heat. JMP. Who's your Duffy's MVP? I love the guy. I was ready to go Gabe Vincent because oh, I think Gabe Vincent, every, you know, he had a bad game three, comes back, bounces back. It seems like that's the case with the role players. But you know what? Since you took Gabe Vincent, you gave me the lane to take Jimmy. Of course. I know I took Jimmy in game three. I don't think it's going to, I think it's going to be Jimmy's best game of the series. I don't think it's going to be Jimmy going off for 40 plus, you know, like, like, Pure playoff, Jimmy. Yeah, but I think we're going to watch this game tonight and say that Jimmy Butler once again was the best player on the floor. That's a that's a going chalk right there. I can respect it because it's probably the right call. Jimmy Butler going off tonight, especially. I mean, we saw it in the in the Buck series. He when he decides it's time to take over, no matter the opponent, it feels like he has his way. I can see Jimmy Butler doing that tonight. Uh, my prediction for the uh, for the Heat ahead of the game, I think it'll be a double digit win again. And um, I think the Heat go up 3-1 and are one win away from the Eastern Conference Finals. What you got? Miami 111, New York 98. I love it. We get the score prediction, too. So we both got the Heat going up 3-1. And if you want to watch the Heat beat up on the Knicks, well, I know the perfect spot to do it. Make Duffy's Sports Grill the hub of your NBA playoff experience and head on over to Duffy's to see the series that everyone is talking about, or at least we're doing it here on Heating Up, and that's the Heat and the Knicks. With over 80 TVs in each location, it's the perfect place to watch all the playoff action and enjoy some great food and drinks. I love, I love the summertime margarita that they have there. Two-for-one drinks are all day, every day. If you don't have an MVP card, you can sign up for free and start earning rewards today. Visit Duffy'sMVP.com to learn more. Duffy's, our game, is always on. 
Next up is going to be the pregame coverage for Heat Knicks at Kaseya Center, and then we have it game four as Miami looks to take a stranglehold and be one win away from the Eastern Conference Finals. It would be their third time in four years in the Jimmy Butler era making it to that stage. We'll have to wait and see. Until next time, that's JMP. I'm Theo Dorsey. We're heating up for some playoff basketball out here in South Florida.